Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking City podcast by the Manchester Evening News. I am your host, Ash Barami, and I am delighted to be joined again by Simon Baikowski. Hello. And Tyrone Marshall. Hello. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. You're becoming the regular host, aren't you, Ash? Yeah, it is. Well, it was Rich and Stu the other day. Uh, right, I mean, okay. you weren't here for that. Well, so. got to let the B team on sometime, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> and Tyrone, another appearance for you? Yes, yeah, they're racking up now. Yeah, yeah racking up. I'm yeah. doing very well. My eye's just been caught, actually, by the... Um, I know we have a rotating mugs policy in the office, but the one size drinking out of at the moment is uh, absolutely spectacular. One D forever. That's all, that's all I can say. I'm guessing it's not yours, is it? Uh, I couldn't possibly say. It's mine for now. It's, it's quite worrying because you can tell it's an early picture of One Direction as well. It's they, early they days. Look, they all look about 14, yeah. 15 on that. I think that's probably been on the X Factor. Diehard fan, yeah. 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 That's amazing. Well, Guys, well done to whoever brought it in, I say. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so moving on. <laughs> how do we move on from that? Yeah, how do we Our that? city going in one direction. Oof. It certainly looks like it, doesn't Ooh, it? Oh, I've saved it. Saved it, the podcast. It was, it was seventh heaven last week, <laughs> cloud nine this week, but is it back to reality on Monday night against Wolves for City? Tyrone, I'll start with you. Um... Well, I, uh, back to reality in terms that they might only win 3-0, I suppose, or 3-1, <laughs> then, then yes. Um, I mean, it has been an absolutely incredible, incredible week. I mean, it's just frightening what City can do to, to these teams, just two complete, complete mismatches. But no one else is hammering Championship and League One teams in, in this way that City are. It, it was really a, a spellbinding week and... Um, it's obviously going to be tougher on Monday night and Wolves have done very well against the top six this season so it will be a test but you know, I think City are back on track now so I'm sure it'll be another three goal three goal win and, and Si we'll get back we'll touch on the Wolves game in a bit more detail a bit later on but the Burton game was that for you the Possibly the biggest mismatch ever in English football semi-finals. <laughs> Please enlighten me if there's a game from 1936 or 37 or whatever. I, I, I mean, not. statistically, the, the records show that it is the biggest mismatch scoreline. Um, it, it's a funny one, isn't it? I didn't think City played that well, really. Um, if I'm allowed to say that after they've won 9-0 but there was a period after the first goal where they kind of got a bit sloppy lost control and I think uh, Burton skied one over the bar and they didn't start the second half that well but they had so much more quality that whenever they strung half a decent move together it resulted in a goal pretty much so um, yeah it was very strange to watch but uh, just like Ty said just shows you how how good the City team are. And, you know, they've beaten Premier League teams 6-0 and 7-2, so 9-0 is no disgrace at all for Burton. I think the one thing that was really, like, almost surprising was the amount of people actually had 9-0 backed. I mean, Joe next to me in the office had a, had £1 on 9-0 at 60-1. to 1, And I was thinking, you get be- you get better odds on Burton winning. It's like, mm. it's, ridic- it's absolutely ridiculous. But, no, I mean, you, you look at that game, it, it was... To be, it was what was expected, really, wasn't it, Ty? Um, <laughs> Even though it was 9-0, it was. Yeah, I wouldn't say it, it was expected that they win 9-0, but I think most people thought it'd be out of sight in the, in the first leg and, and City would put the tie to bed, which I think it's safe to assume they have done. Though I did like the chat on Sky Sports at 4-0, asking at what point exactly City could 
put their feet up and think it was over for the second leg. I was thinking 4-0, <laughs> I think probably about now. Um, yeah, you know, I think it was expected that they would win comfortably. I'm not sure anyone expected nine, um, apart from Joe, obviously. But um, yeah. it, it was, you know, I think 4-0, 5-0, 6-0 was, was probably expected at least. Yeah, and um, there was some sections of social media and even maybe the media themselves saying that City may have disrespected Burton by not taking the foot off the gas. So, I mean, would you would you say that's absolute rubbish or would you go along with that? Or No, I mean, it, it <laughs> towards the end of the second half, it felt quite painful to watch. You felt for the Burton players, but um, Guardiola said at 4-0 at half-time, he told his players to keep going because it would have been more dis- disrespectful for them to just like pass the ball around Harlem Globetrotter style and do a few tricks and flicks for the rest of the 45 minutes. It would have disrespected the fans that had gone and paid money to to watch. It would have disrespected Burton. And Nigel Clough said at half time, his players came into him and said they couldn't believe it because they've watched City every week on Match of the Day, but they just couldn't believe how good they were when they were up against him. And I think that is showing more respect to them, showing how they really are than if they'd just been like the the Harlem Globetrotters doing tricks and flicks every week. Um, City had no sort of obligation to to take it easy. And I think Guardiola got it spot on, absolutely hammered bursting in the game. And then after the game was straight over to every player to shake their hand and say, well done on a fantastic tournament. I don't think anyone was saying it was disrespectful to stick seven past Stoke or six past Watford in the league so I I know people like to get sort of upset and if you feel the weakened team you're disrespecting it so we've, we've had both sides of it but ultimately City won't care because all the first team can take a week off yeah and Ty would you echo them same sentiments yeah very much so and I think the Burton players who want to test themselves against the best Manchester City have got for 90 minutes they don't want to play for 60 minutes find themselves 6-0 down and then everyone just declare and pass it about like some kind of five-a-side kickabout with your mates they want to play a full-on game against Manchester City for 90 minutes and if it ends 9-0 so be it that's the golfing class and, and there you go and you know that's what they've got to accept and I think you know size right in what he says Burton's players will learn far more from a 9-0 defeat at City than they will have done from beating Rochdale 4-0 last week. They will take far more long-term from a 9-0 defeat than they will have done from every single League One game they'll play this season. Those, I mean, those players should improve for, for that game. They've seen the standards that, all right, it, it's not standards they're going to reach, but they've seen how they can improve, where they can improve. And I think they'll take a lot out for it. And they'll take, they'll take a lot out from it, from the fact that it was played competitively over 90 minutes rather than for just an hour. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because there was someone actually, I was just driving home from work the other day and there was someone on TalkSpot, an ex-player saying that they won one side of a hammering and they came back. They, he felt the team became better from that experience of getting hammered. They became a better team. Sai, would you, I mean, people are saying that the City, some people are saying that City dropped it, should have dropped the intensity, but... Charlie Burton now I mean you wouldn't be surprised next week if they go this weekend if they go into the game and come over here with three points and yeah well as daft as it may sound I mean Nigel Clough said after that you know he he was proud of his players that they didn't concede a tenth and nine nil is a lot different from ten nil and you know you Burton are never going to be competing on the same sort of at the same level as City they have their own battles and for them losing 9-0 rather than 10-0 when it you know 10 
very much could have been on in the last few minutes was was a personal victory for them and they'll learn you know from as much from what they did well against City than than what they weren't able to do against them yeah it's obviously the second leg isn't for another two weeks but it, do, you, do you feel like it's almost like a tricky one for Pep going into that one obviously they are 9-0 up but what kind of team do you put out do you is it, do you think it's going to be more of like an under 23s almost like turn into like a checker trade fixture well or do you think yeah be- I mean he said that for Pep said after the game that we're in the final so um for someone as as cautious as him to say that you know that they've probably got half a chance um and he said he'll play kids the interesting thing is is that City have got a checker trade quarter final in that same week so it's whether you sort of which game you you prioritize you'd think you'd prioritize the first team game anyway but it's um I mean the City under 21s are potentially two games from from Wembley themselves so they'll be uh, looking to be as strong as possible Ty would you would you say this would you expect uh, almost like an under 23s team or do you think he's going to stick to maybe the likes of Phil Ford and maybe the second string first team players yeah I can yeah, I can see a few second string first team players playing just to get minutes into them and, and match sharpness into them but you would think there's there's going to be a lot of under 23s and, and some of the highly rated kids obviously Garcia will play again um, and there'll be room there to give minutes to players who who Pep Field need minutes for fitness um, but yeah there's certainly no pressure on that game and you know, he could field me and Sia midfield, and I think they'd still they'd still get through. So, you know, it, it's pick whatever team you want, really. You know, you can draw them out of a hat and take them to Burton and still get through. They've got such a a cosy advantage. Yeah, I saw some of them stats actually about some of the city players and defence, and I was thinking. Well, I, I could, anyone could have been playing in that defence that night. You know? <laughs> had, had, had had 99% pass accuracy or, or whatnot. <laughs> but, I mean, you're looking ahead now to Monday night and it is Wolves at home. This, they seem to be a bit of a scourge to these big teams. And mm-hmm. as City found out themselves when they went to Molyneux back in, I think it was August slash September. Yeah. So, I mean, what you expecting a, a similar kind of game at home on Monday night, Si? Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough as much as... You know, it, they weren't full-strength teams. Wolves showed against Liverpool that they're, they're a very good team and I also thought they were very good against them in the, the league, very good against City in the league. Um, and they seem to raise the game for for the top six sides. I think someone said it's won two, drawn three and lost one mm. from six games. So that is a phenomenal achievement for a team promoted from from the championship um, they they just look very well organised and they gave City a run for the money last year in the, the League Cup and I would I, I don't know it, I sort of think Liverpool's result will will play a part in in how Monday night goes in what sense you think? well I mean when City played Liverpool City had that like edge of desperation to get back into the race that gave them that little bit more now they know Wolves are going to be really tough if Liverpool slip up at Brighton this weekend it might give them that sort of extra kick to say come on this is a real opportunity yeah and it's I don't don't want to compare two fixtures but in a sense you could view it as like it's just as much as a difficult game with when you look at Wolves and how they do play against the top six Mm -hmm. they probably have a record up there with all the other top four when they play each other Mm -hmm. so I mean one thing that obviously the play in terms of players from the um, the Burton game do you think there's anyone that maybe can maybe just force their way into the game against Wolves 
Um, we. I mean, look at Gabriel Jesus. I mean, yeah. he scored. He scored for himself, and he he did. Jesus is the one that you'd think has got a chance, but Aguero's been good in the league recently. You know, scored in his last two in the league. I think so. I mean, it's very hard to say. And the, the one thing you would say is you perhaps start Jesus just to give him a bit more confidence. I mean, scored five in two games. You'd like to think that would be enough to get a start, but the reality is it probably won't be. But then you're kind of sending out the message that what you do in these games is irrelevant to getting into the team, if you know what I mean. So yeah. you can't, as a striker, you can't do much more than score five goals in two <laughs> games. And if it turns out that's not enough to get a start in the league, then, you know, what do you do next? You have to score six in, in two games. So uh, for his confidence, you'd perhaps consider starting Jesus and give him a bit of a run, but I think it would still be a, a bit of a surprise if he if he did start ahead of um, Aguero. Yeah. The, uh, the big one as well in midfield is who you leave out out of De Bruyne, Silva and Bernardo. Obviously, all three will be fit for the first time, so someone someone can't play. Well, we don't know about De Bruyne yet. We'll come on to De Bruyne actually when he when he did go straight down the tunnel in that Burton game. We'll speak about that in a, just in a second. But on Gabriel Jesus, I mean, I looked at his stats a bit earlier, and he's got twelve and twenty six, and for four we think, yeah, that's good, one in every two. But when you break it down, it's three and sixteen in the league, and all the others have come in competitions. It's mm. it's, a, it's a bit of a strange, it's almost like a bit, a bit, a bit of like stat pattern against lower lower low positions, but a bit I don't know what, what, what do you think Si I mean it, what what's down to all the goals coming in maybe just the Cups and not not the league yeah I think he's he struggled a bit in in the league this season I think he would have himself admit that he's he's not not been quite there um, the Cups have been good for him in the sense that he's got plenty of goals there three goals against Shakhtar um, seemed to sort of lift his confidence and he um, was at Everton Everton the league game where he played very well um, but you know like Ty said the other side of it is Sergio Aguero just scores so many goals and you saw a sort of titanic performance from him against Liverpool that just reminded you why he's one of the best yeah. strikers ever in the Premier League so that is what Jesus is up against and yeah it'd be nice to play him against Wolves and test and sort of try and get him back to scoring in the league but when you've got that up against an almost sort of guarantee of goals in Aguero and you're four points behind it's it's not that hard to to see which is the surest bet yeah, you would imagine that Aguero would start and Jesus yeah. would be on the bench and maybe if he could come on if he needs what he wants changing. But Monday night, we're looking at obviously a, a, it, is, it is another big game for, for City and Kevin De Bruyne is one player who did go off against Burton and afterwards it seemed to just get overridden by the scoreline of the game that he just walked straight down the tunnel and we don't know why Pep does. Pep wasn't sure why I mean we have to assume that it was an injury tie well I mean the suggestion in, in Belgium seems to be that he was just disappointed at being taken off um, which is a great attitude to have really <laughs> you know when the game's done and dusting you're only recently back from injury you know a lot of players would probably be happy to, to have a few minutes off um, so if he stormed off down a tunnel because he's annoyed then I don't think Guardiola would have any issue with that particularly I think you know that's the attitude you want from your players and that it's that type of attitude from De Bruyne that, that could be so important in the second half of the season when he's so fit and fresh if he's that keen to, to make up for lost time and get minutes under his belt then 
you know, that, that's going to be a, a huge boost for City in the second half of the season, presuming it is that and he, and he didn't pick up some kind of knock. Yeah, do you not think it's a bit of disrespect if he just walked down the tunnel? Because I, I, I don't know, I mean, for, for, I always presume that if a player just walks through down the tunnel, I mean, you see when players throw the, maybe the shirt off on the floor or, and sit down and stop, it's almost like a disciplinary thing. I always, I always assume that, am I, am I wrong? I well, they're human beings aren't they at the end of the day and there are a lot more things to be to sanction a player for than being disappointed to not play more minutes I don't think you can underestimate how frustrating a season it has been for De Bruyne um, he had that first injury that was obviously very unlucky and then came back and just as he was getting back up to speed then got sidelined again and you know when he came back he was absolutely desperate to to play and then he's overworked himself and ended up missing the Liverpool game because he, he played too much so City are understandably going to be cautious and you would much rather have it whereby you know De Bruyne wants more minutes but is being overly protected than he doesn't want to be playing but they're keeping him out on the pitch yeah and what I mean Wolves back on again on Wolves I mean what kind of changes Ty would you would you expect to see obviously there will be plenty of changes being made but what kind of team would you expect to see being fielded um, you'd think probably similar to the Liverpool game but with De Bruyne coming in for for one of Bernardo and David Silva tough call tough call probably Bernardo you think making Bernard- way I mean, he... He was a monster against Liverpool. He was a monster against Liverpool. It was an incredible performance. But he's played a lot this season. He's worked very hard. So perhaps an argument to say he needs a bit of a rest. Um, You know, De Bruyne and... De Bruyne and David Silva with Fernandinho just behind him is probably City's best midfield as well as Bernardo has done this season. And, you know, the other two, De Bruyne and David Silva through injuries have had bits of rest this season. So perhaps there's an argument to say... You take Bernardo out of the firing line, especially after his, you know, his monstrous effort against Liverpool and the distance he covered. So it is perhaps, you know, I think I'd I'd go with De Bruyne and David Silva in midfield and, and it's City's strongest team to play your strongest team because we've seen what a threat Wolves can be home and away against big six sides. It just seems the way they play cause them problems and, and make them difficult to break down. So I'd say get your best team out there. Yeah, so si, would you go with the same or would you have a bit different? Um... I'd probably go with the same, but just to lob another grenade in. Um, Gundogan got four assists against Rotherham and was one of the best players on the pitch against Burton. So it's kind of incredible that you can talk about De Bruyne, Silver and Bernardo as to which one to leave out. And we don't mention Gundogan because Mm. he's such a talented footballer. Yeah. and Guardiola does like him very much so you know I think he's always in the mix but it's um, it's quite quite a, a dilemma to pick yeah. two from four I guess another two from three I was going to say another one in defence is Vincent Company he played against Liverpool mm. he had a very he had a very good game would you is, 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 I mean is it, would he start again in your eyes Sai Tai or would you would you revert back to maybe the defence before when he was injured I mean how how would that how would you see that panning out you'd probably go back to Stones and Laporte I think but I mean I was as a lot of people probably were I was incredibly surprised that company started against Liverpool I thought he was in against Southampton just because he's he's still City's leader at Southampton they badly needed a response 
and he's the type of player that can lead from the front, G them up and get that response. So I was surprised when he was still in against Liverpool, but he was very good on the night. So on that performance, it wouldn't be a surprise if he started again, but I think Stones and Laporte is your best centre-half partnership. So I think it'd, it'd probably go with them and, and give company a rest and drop him to the bench. Yeah, there's been talk of company in, in line for a new contract as well. I mean, how do you see panning out now for company and City over the next couple of years? Do you think it's just going to be a case of maybe just wrapping up in cotton wool and putting them in for the very big games? Or would you see him almost phased in for the just the cup games and have games in when he's just alongside maybe younger players? Yeah, it's difficult because I think before Liverpool, the last sort of big game he'd started was last, April so mm. he had just been playing in the sort of lower profile games um, but he's shown what an asset he still is I think it's it's very handy to be able to call on company for two games in four days or whatever it was and games of that magnitude um, to get them out of out of a hole and I think that is what is that's where his future lies like whatever is needed you'll be able to count on him to to come in and and step in whatever the occasion what you know whatever the situation whether it's sort of firefighting or giving others a rest um i think that's how how it will go Guardiola wants him to stay and he's kind of shown that he's largely well his injury situation has been a lot better um this season than than at any other season when Guardiola has been here. So I, I think, you know, if if he stays free of injury, then it's kind of a no-brainer for him to stay on if he wants to. Yeah, and I think as well, it, it is obviously it's important City keep him on, but one thing you can always look back to is when you look at title winning sides from many years ago, I mean, years ago, you look at United having maybe Gary Neville there, mm. Chelsea having a John Terry, Arsenal having a maybe a Tony Adams. What in company, what is he, 30, <coughs> 33 now, 32? 33 I think 33 yeah. I mean you think you, you, you think you could still play on with modern tech science and everything today you could play on for another three years and yeah. play 15-20 games a season so it is essential to do keep him on isn't it yeah he's, and he's not he's not played that much football over the last couple of years because of his injuries so you'd think there's still room in those legs to to get a few you know another couple of years out of him and he does provide leadership qualities that are essential to that squad and he's still you know, it's, it's almost horses for courses. I think his two, his two Premier League starts before Southampton and Liverpool were against Watford and Burnley. They were probably the two most physical teams in the Premier League and he's City's best defender and most experienced defender at dealing with the likes of Ashley Barnes and Troy Deeney who, when the referee's not looking, are going to stamp on your foot hmm. and elbow you in the nuts and, <laughs> you know, these sort of dirty tricks. And, and he's very good at sort of dealing with that and, and giving a bit back. So... He's still, he's still undoubtedly got a role to play as he showed against Liverpool. So I think giving him another year is would be a wise move. Mm. And as, as well, he offers competition, not just for the centre-backs. He's pushing Stones and Laporte and everyone. But against Liverpool, it showed that Kyle Walker has got competition. Uh, I mean, with Danilo injured, there was a feeling that maybe Kyle Walker got sort of complacent because there was no one who could take his his position he was the only right back and like that was it whereas Danilo was back from injury but not only that Guardiola said listen I can play Laporte at left back and company in the middle and keep you out like I I can play stones at right back if I want so there are options across the defence that company allows that means that 
anyone who's not performing at the top of their game will automatically get a place because that city defence is is adaptable. Yeah. It's worth noting as well how well Laporte did play. He was at left back, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't seem to get mentioned much, but he was I mean, up against Mohamed Salah, it was yeah. a was a very good performance. Some going on to Monday night, how do you see it going down Ty? Um I think it'll be a tough game. I think it'd be one City will will win on recent evidence. Um but I think Wolves will give him a game. <laughs> I mean, Wolves have been quite a strange team in the way they've done so well against the top six and then have thrown in just some absolutely bizarre performances, losing at home to Huddersfield and they lost at home to Crystal Palace. And they just seem to be set up well to frustrate top six. They've got some very technical players. They're very good defensively. And I think it kind of suits them playing against the likes of City. I think it's only Liverpool in the league that they haven't got a result against so well, far this season the as well, and they so. put that right in yeah. the cup yeah. so I think they've now got a result against every member of the top six yeah. this season so it shows how well they've done so it won't be a test City take lightly but you would still fancy at the Etihad City to eventually have too much for them yeah and obviously it does seem to be a bit of a motivational thing with Wolves there that against the lower position size I think I think when they do play the bigger teams the likes of Jimenez Neves them kind of players do they know the spotlight is on them and they want to yeah. impress. Yeah, and with it being Monday night under the lights and the mm. last game, you know, does that inspire them more than playing 3pm? Not on the television would do. Um, you're not You're not sure yet. It's going to be a what one of the toughest games City have got left to play, you would say. And I also seem to recall your prediction against Liverpool. And another one being right. You did call 2-1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so I'll ask for yours again. <laughs> and I'll probably this time might have a, a couple of quid on it. <laughs> did you um, call 9-0 against Burson? Yeah. Bit, yeah, <laughs> um, I, yeah I, I think City will just have too much because of the position they are in. And it 3-1, I will say. 3-1. Ty, you you got a scoreline in mind? Um... Three nil. Three nil. Three nil. I thought you. Got, I thought you edged in between three one or three two. I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to say three one, but I feel like I can't go the same as size now, so I'm going to go three nil. That's very very confident of you, Ty. I must say. Um, what about you, Ash? Ooh, I think I think City will edge it. I think it might be a late one. <sighs> I do. Southampton esque. Yeah, I yeah. think it might be a two one. I think City might just have a bit too much at the end. Yeah, I'm going to change mine to two one actually, rather <laughs> really? than three 0 Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, late change. Influence. Late change. Yeah. I, I, what, did, what did you say again? It's just th- three one. Three one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what what game was it? Not long ago, where I can't remember watching and. You look at the scoreline at the end, I think it was City, and you think that doesn't reflect what happened in the game. It was like just a late spurge of late goals, but it didn't really reflect. Yeah, maybe back. maybe Burton. Maybe that was the one you were thinking of. It definitely wasn't Burton. <laughs> it was more of a 9-1 than a 9-0, wasn't it? <laughs> it definitely wasn't Burton. But no, I, think, I, think, I don't remember what that game was. But I mean, there's, there's loads you can think of off the top of your head. But that's a, probably a topic for another time. <laughs> off the microphone. Yes, yeah. Thank you for joining me, guys. Pleasure. It's been a pleasure to have you both on again. And we will probably be back with you again sometime next week, maybe early in the week after the City game, Tuesday or Wednesday. If you haven't already, please do join us on Aircast. Do leave a review if you have any suggestions or feedback. And we will see you again soon.